Hello. Hello, everybody, all the Stooge fans, all the knuckleheads out there. Congratulations. You have joined, <laughs> once again, the Three Stooges official podcast. I am your host, as always, the Meister of Mayhem, Phil Lanities, and alongside me are the true talents, two-thirds of the modern-day Three Stooges, Andy Pagana, and the grandson of Curly Howard, Mr. Brad Server. Gentlemen, Welcome. Who walked in? Who came who in? Came in? Oh, <laughs> hiya, Phil. Hiya, fans. Hiya, pals. Oh, man. I'm looking forward to this. On today's show, we are going to be doing our very first rewatch episode. Now, we're not going to sit down and watch the shorts together because none of us has thousands of dollars to pay for the licensing fee for that. <laughs> but we are going to look back at one of my all-time favorites of the classic shorts, You Nasty Spy. Brad and Andy, just before we jump into all this, is this one of your favorites too? What are your thoughts on you nasty spy? Or oh Nazi yeah. I spy? mean, I mean, first of all, classic, right? This is Andy P by the way. Uh, yeah. Classic. This is one of the, the best and one of the most well-known, one of the most iconic. Yeah. So this poster like hung on my wall and it's like iconic three stooges. It's Absolutely. So, super funny. Yeah. Hilarious. And actually traditionally for me, men in black disorder in the court, dizzy pilots, those always seem to be the ones that always came to mind. And I, until I kind of rewatch this, just to freshen up on it before we did this, I had forgotten how funny this episode actually is. It's actually, right now, it's topping maybe my favorite because in, in some of the other episodes, I found myself, I don't want to use the word bored, but there were some spots where it dropped off a little bit. I found myself entertained through every second of this video and I don't know if it was the parody when I was younger or growing up, the parody with the, the Hitler thing that kind of kept me away from it. Yeah. Um, I don't know if that was the reason why I never really just kept focusing on this one. But I, I have to say it probably is one of my favorite episodes now. Yeah, you called me last week, right? And you were like, I watched this multiple times yes. today. And you were like laughing. You were laughing on the phone <laughs> going over some of the bits. I just, yeah, everything was so funny. And Curly was hilarious. And of course, the... The Mo thing when he transforms into his character it was shocking yet brilliant. Yeah. And then I just I found myself focusing then more on the whole the writing aspect of it. And it was so great. So I'm thrilled that we're talking about this today. Yeah, we're gonna dive into this one. It is to your point, I think it's one of those ones where you probably have more appreciation of it after you've studied World War II in high school, that it's going to be a little funnier than it is to my seven-year-old and six-year-old who don't think it's funny because they don't, they just, they don't know who Hitler is and don't get it. So, but here we go. We're going to dive into all this to let the listeners and the viewers know we're going to do something a little bit different on these types of episodes. We're going to kind of have kind of awards to hang, hand out uh, VIP, the fourth stooge, most rewatchable sequence, a few others. So we'll get to those later in the episode. So that's something to look forward to, but without, Further ado, let's get to it. Say yes now or I'll strangle you. Here's a summary. This is courtesy of threestooges.net. Set in the country of Moronica, which is awesome. Three men plot to overthrow their king and appoint a dictator. Their choice is a paper hanger named Mo Hailstone. With Curly as his field marshal and Larry as his minister of propaganda, the boys take control of the country. The citizens are unhappy and drive Hailstone out of power. To get down to some of the nuts and bolts, this was directed by Jules White, written by Cl Clyde Brookman and Felix Adler, and it was released on January 19th, 1940, and was the first 
American comedy film that satirized Adolf Hitler and Nazi Germany. So as I'm sure both of you gentlemen know, the Charlie Chaplin classic film, The Great Dictator, that received a lot more attention and it's often cited as the or credited as the first film to really go after Hitler and Nazi Germany. But the Stooges beat him to it by nine months. It's a little bit of a technicality because Chaplin's was a full length feature and it took longer to do. So it actually started production before this. But as we know, with the Stooges, they would film and it would be out pretty much the next month usually. So this was filmed in December and then came out in January. But Mo playing Mo Hailstone, he's also the first American actor to spoof Hitler. So pretty amazing and really kind of an important, I mean, an, an important cultural moment. So I don't know if you guys have any thoughts on that, but to me, that's that makes this really one of the most important Stooge films, which you don't hear the term important associated with the Stooges very often, but this really was. Yeah, well, you know, it's funny. Obviously, The Great Dictator is one of the you know, great Chaplin movies, one of the greatest movies of all time, somewhere in there for sure. And he's obviously worked on this a lot more and a lot more longer. And, you know, Chaplin, obviously, he had a lot to say, you know, really. And it dealt with, you know, true death and stuff like that with Chaplin. But, you know, the Three Stooges getting in there, and even without the Hitler reference, it's a spoof on war, and it's a spoof on dictatorship. And this would have worked, I think, just as well in, like, 1933 yeah. as a, you know, like the Marx Brothers Duck Soup, which this reminds me of a lot, right? Where it's just this, you know, spoof on the money of war, right? right. The war and profiteering. The, the war profiteering. Right, exactly. Yeah. And yeah. so... I think even without the Hitler references, there's a version of this that could have worked literally at any point in time. It could work today. Yeah, right? unfortunately. Actually, you pointed, Brad pointed out earlier to me, he says this feels so relevant. Yeah, a lot of, a lot of the writing seems so relevant. You know, there's no money in peace. And yeah, yeah. Like that. I mean, that yeah. really is kind of not talking about politics, just what really is the culture somebody's, of war. And somebody's making money. Yeah. Somebody's making yeah. money. And when they're sitting around at the beginning, the, not the Stooges, but the, you know, Ixnay, Amscray and the other guy, I can't remember right now when they, uh, oh, when they're oh, sitting, oh, man. Yeah. When they're sitting around and they're saying there's no money in peace. It's yeah. like, that's cuts yeah. kind of, you've deep. only made $5 million. Right. We're practically starving. <laughs> We're practically, right. right. Yeah. And it's about like, you know, elitism and there's just, there's a lot in there actually, even though, you know, they're being funny about it and to give some more historical context about the timing of this film, the U S had not been attacked by the Japanese at Pearl Harbor as of yet, that would not come until later in the year or I'm sorry, the next year. And it, this was less than 25 years after the end of world war one, the U S was still a neutral force. A lot of, you know, a lot of people that don't know this time frame think that well, like just everybody just rose up against Hitler, but no, he was in power and building power and lying about it for quite a while. And no one stood up to him until kind of England and some others, but it took a lot to get the U S there were a lot of pacifists. There were, there were even, there were even rallies in the U S in favor of Hitler and in favor of Nazism. So, you know, and we haven't mentioned it, but the Jew, the Stooges were all Jewish. So even this had to be in a really personal thing uh, to them as well. So it, it's, you know, it's very interesting. It's also very unique that as we've been talking about the Stooges and we can talk, I think we could probably do an episode around it at some point, but the Stooges didn't directly touch on culture all that often. There was a lot about the great depression in, in indirectly, as we all know, the Stooges were often 
played poor characters or, you know, poor people in their films. But as far as taking on a really direct political thing that was going on, I can't really think of anything else that even comes close to this. So no, there was really, there wasn't a ton of social commentary. Right. Right. In this is right. Outside of those years of them, you know, begging and living on the streets, you know, during the great depression. But this one is unique in that way. Yeah. And I, it, you know, for them, I think it was very brave, obviously of Jules White. I'm assuming we said wrote this or. Yep. Produced correct. It. Uh, he directed right. it. Yeah, he directed you know, it was it. very yeah. brave at the time. And sometimes when I reflect, I, if I reflected now and I, I, I still sometimes wonder how such a horrific event could be taking place for several years and you know i wasn't obviously born yet so as an american or as sitting now saying how did they not say anything or do anything and it really it's still to this day it blows my mind except for there are atrocities that are going on in other countries and we're kind of doing nothing about it now so i guess if it's out of sight it's out of mind or something so it kind of is it's interesting. It's all kind of what was going on when they wrote this is kind of going on today. Yeah. That That is yeah. kind of still going on today. There's a lot of bad things in countries that really we should be standing up for as a society and as all Americans. And we're not, we're either not talking about it or we're shutting our ears to it, but I can see now why it happened. And yeah. it's kind of, it's disgraceful actually. And to make the decision to actually it be, you know, not having him rise to power, but him being installed you know, as a puppet regime, right. By rich people who want to manipulate them behind the scenes is an interesting choice too. Right. Yeah. It really is amazing. It's just, you realize nothing changes. Yeah. Right. Well, we'd be going really deep state if we were to say that, that happened. That was accurate here. Cause it doesn't seem like anybody was propping Hitler up necessarily, but you know, Hey, who, who knows? But to your point, Brad, there's, no oil in some of the conflicts that are going on in the world today. And again, to be more kind of like on the critical side, and we're not planning on getting real political on this podcast, but no. someone make the case that, you know, yeah, that's, we don't get involved unless we got something to benefit from it. Yeah. Oh, no politics, <laughs> no politics, no politics. Yeah. No oh, you're no at a dinner table. I was only told at the dinner table. I couldn't do politics. <laughs> I wasn't being political. I was just being honest. You think there's a difference? <laughs> I don't know. Well, I get for being honest. Yeah. No. Okay. Good night, folks. Oh, sorry, folks. I was just awesome. voicing my opinion. Yeah, you ain't got one. All right, so I got. I do have to mention Brent Sagain, who is one of the like creme de la creme of the Stooges super fans out there. He messaged me directly and wanted to make sure that I mentioned this. But there was a tabloid story published in 1992 that claimed that the Stooges, who, as we all meant, you know, we already mentioned, were all Jewish, had been added to an Adolf Hitler quote unquote death list as a result of making you Nazi spy. This is simply untrue, but it has yeah. been repeated in other books and articles. And so it still floats out there, but it is not true. So we want to put a pin in that right now. Right. It's like the, did we talk about the, the curly rumor where he saved like 5,000 dogs or something? Yeah. yeah you know? We haven't talked about that yet. Yeah. So it is, that's the other kind of rumor that's going around and supposedly that's not true, but I think out of all the, the myths about the stooges, like, Hey, let it go. Let yeah. let, let yeah. that one be out there. Let yeah. let people think that this. It's very interesting. Better. Yeah, because honestly, they were brave to do that. It wasn't. It mm-hmm. wasn't the let's all rally against Hitler in 1940. Right. 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 And right. Kaplan also got 
heavily criticized, I believe. Right. People wanted to stay out of that. And, you know, so, yeah, I think that's a harmless rumor that we, yeah. that us fans know are fake. But if, if people are out there who aren't super fans of the Three Stooges come across that and like, oh, yeah, good for the boys. <laughs> you know, maybe, maybe it'll get them to watch next time they happen upon it on TV or YouTube. Yeah, and not to take away from Curly being a huge fan of dogs and loving dogs, he did rescue a lot of dogs and he brought them home or he'd actually bring them to shelters or go to shelters. But the number was exaggerated by about three zeros. Or it was more probably like 50 <laughs> dogs. Yeah, right. Maybe I don't even know that even got to 100, but let's say it's 50, not 5,000. But, you know, it's a great rumor to have. And he is was definitely a sweet man and he loved his quiet time in his backyard with his dogs. So... I think it just kind of embraces who he is and it's a, it's a nice, it's a great rumor. Yeah. It adds to the legend for sure. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about some of the supporting players in this. So yeah, Dick Curtis as Mr. One, Don Beto as Mr. Amscray, Richard Fisk as Mr. Ixnay. And I'll just, Fisk is one of my favorites. He wasn't in a ton of them because he actually died in World War II and we'll get to that. But I really liked how angry uh, Richard Fisk would get at the Stooges, but he played Mr. Ixnay, the beautiful Lorna Gray as Maddie Herring, which was a take on the, uh, the, on <laughs> Matt Harry. Yeah. Mata Hari. Yeah. And then Florine Dixon as Miss <coughs> Gesundheit Pfeffernus. Uh, yeah, she did a good job as well. So we'll talk a little bit more about them, but just some quick hits in terms of trivia. This was the first short to feature the Columbia logo and the Stooges heads together during the opening credits, which was interesting. This is the favorite short of Mo, Larry, and Jules White, all according to Joan, Mo's daughter. She wrote in her books that these were this was the favorite for Mo and Larry, and then again, Jules White for sure, which I'm sure that's a question that's been asked by many, I have no idea if if Curly ever expressed what his which one was his favorite. I have no idea on that one. So if I, any, I always thought Larry's was Cuckoo on a Choo Choo. This so I this was in the book of scripts. It says Joan wrote that it was Larry. So I you know right. who knows, but I've heard that as well. So I I don't know, and unfortunately, all the players are no longer with us. We don't know for sure. But I could understand why if Larry. I mean, for multiple reasons, why Larry would find this his favorite. He's also, <laughs> he's, he's, I don't know, extra funny in it. I Maybe it's just, you know, you start watching more and more Larry and he is so good in this. Yeah. You know, when Mo, this is probably my favorite moment. I'm sure this is supposed to come up later in the podcast, but when Mo's like, hold this and he clamps the, yeah. the pliers, <laughs> the pliers on his nose. <laughs> Larry grabs it and holds it and kind of stumbles. And walks <laughs> himself off. Yeah. yeah. Hilarious. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, but give him one. That, that cracks me up. Yeah, I love that. I love that one. I also love the phrase Moronica for morons. That is yeah. funny by itself, but that was the Nazi slogan was Germany for Germans. So the, obviously that was a takeoff on that, which made sense. And then we had a, a, a little person for, to be politically correct. We had a little person in this episode, little Billy Rhodes. He played the Gestapo little person. He appeared in two Stooges shorts. This was the second one. The first one, uh, do either of you remember which one was the first one that he appeared in? Oh no. Wait, wait, no. Yeah. Men in black. That's correct. That I is am correct. not. I'm in a bed. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah he played the, yeah, yeah. 
He played the little girl. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right, of course. Girl in the bed. Yep. Uh, But his funny yet, it's uh, you don't realize how many supporting players are in the short actually because the Stooges just steal, dominate. Yeah, they just dominate this one. There and all the the politicians and then the secretary and Matahari. Yep, yep, Matahari. And then the stormtroopers. Yeah, the stormtroopers, which we'll get to that on that. But little Billy Rhodes actually was the Munchkin barrister in the Wizard of Oz. That was his best known role. And that was released the year before this. So he was on quite a hot streak at this point. And then, of course, Moe's Moe Hailstorm was, as we mentioned, was based on Adolf Hitler. Curly's Field Marshal Gallstone represented both Herman Goring and a little bit of Benito Mussolini in there. And then Larry's Minister of Propaganda, Pebble, was. (laughs) So you got Hailstone, Gallstone, and Pebble. Uh, He was a representation of Joseph Goebbels, who was, of course, Hitler's propaganda man. I also found a little interesting footnote. The Stooges play paper hangers at the beginning of this. It's not agreed upon, but uh, apparently there are some that say that Hitler was a paper hanger before he uh, rose to power in his previous life. So kind of interesting there. Right. And I'm not sure if that's a a coincidence or not, even if that were true. Yeah. 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 Right. The Stooges like they're paper hangers. It's, It's a perfect job for them. And in fact, I'm sure you've read the script, Phil, but you know, the whole that there was actually a whole scene with them wallpapering, right? That was right. that was originally in that script. You know, yeah. it, it cut to basically they're just finishing up, right? You know, but in the script, and I don't know if it was ever filmed or not, but they had this whole business and Curly's, you know, one long piece of wallpaper going from one wall down to the floor and then up the other side. And, you know, a lot Sounds of slaps. <laughs> Sounds like something we uh, are putting out. Yeah. So. You guys um, need to film that. I would like to see that. Well, we have something <laughs> similar coming soon, but we'll talk okay. about that some other time. All right. All right. <laughs> all right. So getting into some of the episode notes. So we all know the Stooges were pretty short there. Mo was only 5'4". I sometimes wonder if they picked taller guys to be the supporting players on purpose for some of them. I mean, Richard Fisk, Dirk, Dick Curtis, Don Beto. I mean, they are just so much taller. And the they guys, tower. It's, they tower of them, obviously. Pretty but big. Jameson, Vernon Dent, they were also pretty big guys, too. I, I sometimes wonder how much, but for whatever reason, this short, it really, really sticks out to me yeah. how short the boys were in comparison to some of the other guys. And I think it adds to it. I think it helps. They may, yeah, they may have done that on purpose because they, like you said, it was, they're significantly smaller these guys were towering like basketball players compared to them where in some of the other ones it doesn't look like you said so pronounced right yeah i you definitely see that in that scene you have to think it's like a little man syndrome thing for you know for hellstone you know what i'm saying that he's like money or uh power hungry and all this stuff so you know make him look even shorter and more you know, it just makes them look more ridiculous. I think it doesn't. So. Yeah, it's just visually funny. Yeah, it's just yeah. visually funny. You know, it, and it's one of those things with this one, and again in particular, because you're lampooning somebody who's a real life villain, that you're taking shots at the character not just for laughs, but to make them look bad. And that is yeah. another thing I think that is very, very unique about this episode is that you've got comedy, whether it's visual or verbal or you know physical or whatever that it seems to be set up to make them look bad. And that's, I, you know, I think that's pretty unique and interesting as well. Well, I don't think anything, you know, demonstrates that even better than actually the actual stormtroopers yeah. coming in <laughs> right, and kicking each other in the butts, 
you know, like Goose wearing Steph storm, Day, wearing, wearing storm, storm gear, yeah. you know, just being complete idiots. It's, yeah. yeah, no, they're really digging not only at Hitler and his regime, but the entire, you know, Nazi party. 100%. Lots of Yiddish in this yeah, one. I can't do that. I don't know if either of you are Jewish. I am not, but I did not understand, you know, any of that. And I, there has been translated and like three stooges.net has some translations of it. And I don't understand even with the translations, what the inferences were, but lots of Yiddish in this one for sure. You, yeah. you had a, you had one. You yeah, it was Beblock. Beblock. Yeah. Was, that's beans. Beblock a lot. And that's lentils or beans is what, they said the translation was now once you know that and then you go back and you see the scenes when they say it because this curly actually says it to the statue when the statue moves right. and puts out his right. hand he says right? right and it's like what does beans have to do yeah. with that <laughs> yeah. yeah but but that was right. one instance yeah. so but i think they use yiddish as gibberish don't they yeah. right yeah, exactly i think yeah. so throughout, yeah throughout yeah. the stooges yeah yeah I also read somewhere that that Mo, uh, Mo's nickname or Helen Mo's wife, her nickname for Mo was Beans. Oh, I, I, I think oh. you're right. I, I read yes. that somewhere. Yeah. I think he called her Beans, right? And it's in some of their his poetry and stuff that he wrote, or maybe your Bean or something. He might have called himself that. You're right. We got to look that up. But <laughs> that would make sense. there is something between them that one of them was Beans. Yeah, and maybe and they would throw in those little Yiddish words that actually to the show it might not have been a word that made any sense. But they enjoyed it and it was part of their life. So, of course, it would be quick-witted, especially when Curly, like in a lot of his skits, was going off script because he can remember his lines like me. So, <laughs> of course, they would think of things that came right to mind, and that would be their everyday life stuff that they kibitz about or what they call their families or say to their friends and loved ones. Yeah. Well, you guys mentioned the, the statue in white. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of felt bad for him. I mean – that must have taken forever to get him made up like that. And he's on camera for what, like 10 seconds. Like I, I kind of yeah. felt bad for the guy. That's such a great bit though. That's such, it's, yep. it's such a great bit. That, yeah. And that's, what's weird about this one in particular. You know, Stooges do those kind of bits throughout, but this is the, one of the zaniest all around. Just, yeah. it felt like a Marx brothers movie, right. To, to go back to duck soup a little bit, like bits like that. The whole movie's like that, right? And they're, not always, they're not always like that. Which is like, oh, you know, we need the round, you know, round table, but the tables are square. So off the table, yeah. you know, it's not always that. It's usually like they're thinking, they're a little more, you know, calculated and trying to make something work. But this is just, you know, nonstop silliness yeah. throughout the whole thing, yeah, one after the next. Yeah, That's why I said, yeah. I really found that there was no dead spots in this short at all. It was everything was entertaining about it and they just kept coming. Yeah. They, uh, this is to your, I agree with both of you. There's, it was like a gag every other second. And some of them, you know, you could see there was a slow build towards the gag in, not in this episode meaning, but in normally there seemed to be more of a slow build towards the gag. And this one, it's like screwball comedy, you know, like just yeah. like you said, like the March brothers, like every other second, I think uh, especially Groucho, I think he would have fit very, very well into this this episode. Yeah, completely. Like the Gestapo, you know, the stormtroopers. Again, it's not usually the side characters like that are as zany as they are. You know, oh, right, right, right. And and that totally sticks out. Yeah, you know, I, that. yeah. I would probably guess just in thinking about films and filmmakers that I would bet that Mel Brooks. This may have been one of Mel Brooks's. Favorites oh. because there's a lot of parody to it, what he does in his movies, History of the World, and some of the other ones, the Stormtroopers, you know, and all this stuff. I'm, he's done that. He's used that kind of stuff. Not oh, sure exactly, but I'm sure he got a lot of his 
his uh, to be or not to be. Yeah, right? I mean, a lot of his material. I'm sure he learned from the Stooges. I, I agree. yeah, that's a good point for yeah. sure. For sure, it feels like a Mel Brooks. It, that, this, yeah. this episode it, for sure. It, it sure does. Yes. Yeah, it's a real good point. Well, we'll get him on the podcast to talk about it. Oh, that'd be good. Larry, as the propagandist, as uh, as Pebble holding the cheers and applause and his placards while Mo Hailstone is speak, I love that. That, yeah. and when he holds up the wrong sign and Mo, you know, gets him for it, I just I had to mention that as one of my favorite gags in this whole thing. I just because it again going back to making the villains look like bad guys. I mean, what's more? I mean, say obviously there's much more villainous things than that, but how else can you make them look bad by not only are they propped up, but they're even trying to make the crowd, you know, do what they want, which Hitler did do that kind of stuff. So that was, that was hilarious to me and very spot on. And I'm glad it was Larry holding up the sign because I feel like his enthusiasm when he held it up was just, it was great. So I just, I love that. (laughs) Yeah. That's a funny bit. And then it goes into, you know, again, like, you know, Mo gives him a good kick and he, you know, clonks him on the head at one point. And then, you know, then they go into this weird radio bit. Yeah. Right, where, where Curly, like, openly takes off his head and Larry clonks him on it for yeah. the radio identification. And Mo does this, you know, crazy whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Which I did. With, that's one of the, and I did not get that. That was one of those things where that is like a timely reference for that time that I just didn't get. I'm like, I don't, I don't understand what we're doing here. But yeah. And somehow it's still is funny. super entertaining. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> I don't think I ever got it either, but it's funny. Yeah. And then, uh, Andy, you mentioned Mo putting the pliers on Larry's nose. And Larry could have just stood there and held him, and it would have been funny. But the fact that he led himself well, off. Right. <laughs> and how he does it. Yeah. Right. And how he, he kind of like he stumbles off. Right. He's just, it's absolutely hilarious. I actually watched this. I watched this three times. I watched it three, one to watch Mo, one to watch Curly, and one to watch Larry, because they're all doing these things, and to focus on one, it's kind of hard, right? Because especially when they're all together, it's like if you're watching Mo, you know, during the dance, you're missing what Curly's doing. If you're watching Larry, you're missing what Mo's doing, right? So it's really funny. They're all they're so committed in this. Yeah, and I guess they're all they always in. are, but they're really yeah, they're really on another all level. Yeah, yeah, and I think that's what the thing is about the Three Stooges and and people watching them for so many years and not getting bored. That because the writing was so brilliant and the way it's produced, there's little there's little hidden things and little you could like what you did is actually just watch it each time to watch each character, but you also are missing stuff that's going on in the backgrounds, whether it's little signs or little, I bet there's props and stuff that we've never really just dove into where we, you cover the characters and we just saw the backgrounds. I bet there's brilliant stuff in there. Mm. Just hiding. Yeah. Finding Waldo in the the short. (laughs) Well, there uh, speaking of that, there are a few other kind of gimmicks or gags in this that I wanted to quickly mention. We already mentioned the stormtroopers being in actual storm gear and they high step and kick each other in the butt. That's awesome. Curly had so many medals that he had some pinned on his back. I don't know if you guys noticed that, but that was hilarious. I do. <laughs> Which again is another shot at, you know, goring in that sense that it was like, you know, like, Oh, we got 80,000 medals and probably never served type of thing. But that was that was pretty pretty awesome. I paused it on Curly's little black book to see what the the. So I want to read these real quick. So Curly had a little black book. These are kind of risque, to be honest with you. June East One Ten Good Necking Place Whoopie Four Four Three Zero. 
Ruby Clutch O O O O G has car. I don't know what the O O G means, but okay. somebody I wrote some or I read somewhere that was suggested that was like a bra size. But has car. I, I'm like I've never heard of that before. But has car often runs out of gas. Woo woo woo, which is awesome. And right. then finally, Tessie Oomph two six nine. Pip buys own drinks. So I kind of yeah, kind of kind of risque and all. I mean, also funny that like oh she has her own car, so great. I don't have to pick her up, but she often runs out of gas, which means you know they sit neck and then right. Obviously buys own buys own drinks, so you don't have to you know buy them. So there's kind of cheapskate funny stuff right there. But then you know well the, I think the, the I was gonna say I think the funniest in all that stuff is that like Mo's reading it. Right, and he reads the uh, woo woo woo, yeah, and then curly, and in the most subtle woo. way, like really, I've never, I don't remember him ever doing this. He's like explaining it to Mo by just going <laughs> woo woo woo, <laughs> right? Like you know what happens with her, <laughs> right? Right. And it's it's weirdly like for the students, it's so subtle, yeah, and it's so brilliant. <laughs> Yeah, and no one would ever accuse the Stooges of being subtle. subtle. So, right. yeah, yeah, yeah but that's that a good was. call. That's a good call out. All right, before we get to the awards, we have to mention Lorna Gray. Just a showstopper. I can't think of a better term when she walks in the room. Like, she's just a very, very beautiful, attractive woman, and I thought she did a great job. I did read a quick note, so for those that haven't watched the episode yet or haven't watched in a while, she does the magic eight ball thing. That actually didn't become a toy for, like, another 10 years. So it was kind of interesting that they, you know, kind of inserted that in there. But, yeah, I just, I thought, you know, obviously she was in other stooge shorts, but I thought she did such an awesome job. And she stood out in a very male-dominated, other than Miss Pfeffernoos, who also did an awesome job as the kind of ballerina secretary. But the ladies, both the ladies in this one, I think really stood out and did a fantastic job. So I think they're the thing that's worth mentioning. All right. So let's get into the awards. So we're going to we're going to try this out and see how this goes. But the first one is the VIP, you know, kind of the most valuable player type, you know, really what's the most who, who had kind of the most important role in the film? We touched on it briefly. Andy, you mentioned Mo turning into Mo Hailstone. And I think that is brilliant. I mean, the way that he kind of stuck the little you know, mustache to his lip, which was I don't know what that was, but something that he stuck. And then he kind of he's a tape. A piece of tape. All right. So yeah, a piece of a light black electrical tape. And then he smooths his hair back. So it's kind of parted like Hitler. Like I thought that was brilliant when he yells and he think if think think I go talk that like he sounds like Hitler. Like so to me, it's gotta be Mo. I think he's the most important character in, in this one. But well, Andy, what did you I, think? I gotta I <laughs> I gotta give it to Mo too. I mean, Mo cries in this one. <laughs> really can I have any lions? Yeah, right? yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mo goes through all the ranges, and yeah, he's spoofing Hitler. He's commanding this army. He's you know acting like a baby. He's you know he's got real emotion when he finds out that you know Mata Haring is trying to kill him. Like, yeah, he, yeah. You no, know, he's yeah. a real reaction, and when he's you know dealing with the <laughs> the guys at the end and having Curly you know bump him on the head with the thing, you know he's delegating and he's you know, kind of in a weird way, like subtly telling Curly to, you know, clonk these guys. He had this whole hidden language very subtly. He was, you know, it's funny because Larry's, they're all great in this. They're all so great in this. 
I could see if somebody makes an argument for anybody else, but I do. I, I got to give it to Mo. This he carried this, yeah. and he could have he could have carried it on his own. Yeah, All right, Brad. Brad, do yeah, you, agree, do you agree with us or you're wrong? <laughs> yeah, I'm wrong. I haven't even yeah. said anything. Well, how could you? Yeah, I mean, definitely Mo. And I and for me, the transformation, like you said, when he transformed his character into the Hitler character, I think right there again, it was it was kind of a shocking moment, but then. He just, there again, carries that character throughout. And then he, like Annie said, he turns into so many different characters in that short. But uh, yeah, I would say that he was definitely the VIP for me and for three of us. Okay. We're all in agreement yeah. there. All right. The uh, the fourth Stooge or the best, basically the best supporting player. Some A lot of the Stooges shorts, there is a standout, you know, like pretty much anyone that Emil Sitka is in, like he's, you know, kind of the you know, the standout Bud Jameson is my, probably my favorite, you know, as far as a foil goes for the Stooges. So, you know, who kind of really stands out this one, the Stooges are the stars in this one. Like the, most of the other characters are pretty like relegated to the background for the most part. But for this one, I'm going to go with Lorna Gray as Maddie Herring. Cause I just, I think she did the most with what she, she had, you could make a case for little Billy Rhodes, uh, just, but it was such a small part. So I kind of, I got to go with Lorna Gray as, as Maddie Herring, but, uh, Brad, who did you, who did you think on this one? Well, only cause I'm a moron. I went with the, the most with the least. I found statue man to be the fourth stooge. Yeah. I mean, look, he was really handsome. Right? Like you said, he probably was in wardrobe and makeup for like three or four hours for that little part. So I, I want to give the, the fourth stooge to statue man. Actually, that's a real, it's a weirdly good answer. Yeah. Right? It is. Well, because they're like, I could picture, I can't even actually picture Lorna right now. Right. But him, I could totally picture. <laughs> No, yeah, no. Look, she was great, right? And I got to agree with you, Phil, that I think she gets it, although I wasn't even considering statue. I didn't think of that either. Is a right behind because it's just such a wacky part, right? Yeah. And she comes in and owns it, and it's it's super great. But yeah, I guess by default, if I had to give it to somebody, I don't. I want to give it to the Stooges. I want to give them. You know what? You just deserve the extra. I don't know. Yeah, and I don't think on every one of these. When we do a recap and we do the fourth stooge, I'm not going to be always picking the most idiotic choice. <laughs> but and there again, I think it is too that I think, like you had said, Phil, that all of the supporting actors in this each had an equally great part. And I think that they were all important. And I know Lorna was ex- exquisite and she was the head one, but I think they all did really, really well. But it's just something about statue, man. That's got to be bastard. <laughs> I yeah, didn't see that coming. Ah, ah, ah. <laughs> I did not see that one coming. All right. Moving on. Most rewatchable sequence. So kind of your favorite sequence. And this, I can, I, I feel like this is going to end up being our favorite award just because it's like, we get to talk about the gags that are in it, but I loved we haven't talked about it yet. I love the title page at the beginning. It said any quote, any resemblance between the characters in this picture and any person's living or dead is a miracle. And that is hilarious to me. So I'm kind of, I'm not saying it's the best gag, but I'm going to say that I'm going to name that as my favorite because the more obvious ones we've kind of already talked about. So I guess that's my version of statue man in my answer there with, I have, like I already mentioned Mo transforming into Mo hailstone. Like I just absolutely love that. But uh, Andy, do you have a thought on favorite sequence? I do have a favorite and uh, I'm just going to say by default, I'm going to put away the map. Right. The map 
Which we haven't even talked about, but yeah. Just because we haven't talked about it. And it's like, that's such classic stooge stuff. And it just makes you laugh. But my, I think my favorite moment, and I got a couple of them in here, but it's gotta be the secretary. Secretary, (laughs) get me the secretary. And then Larry just starts arguing with Mo. It's pronounced secretary, right? (laughs) There's something about, and I remember reading that and that bit was written for Curly and Curly to be correcting Mo. And it's so weird. It's written weird. It's like, why is this even in here? Why is it funny? I don't really know. And then I watch it and I watch Larry just stand up to Mo and how he pronounces secretary. And that is stuck into my head ever since I was a little kid, right? Larry's (laughs) correcting him and and Mo arguing with him about how to pronounce secretary. There's something about that just absolutely cracks me up. All right, Brad. For me, the part when Curly goes to mix the martinis mm. and he's in the, the that scene for me I, the movements that curly makes and the way he's just his mannerisms his body shakes he's shaking his booty he's doing all kinds of funny stuff when you just watch that you know, 40 seconds or 30 seconds so i found myself laughing and just that was curly for me when he was doing that and so i can Definitely say that was one of my favorite parts of the short. All right. Uh, A couple more here. So we're going to call this the don't quote me on this, your favorite quote. So for me, I, when Mo is giving the, when Hailstone's giving the speech and he says, we must extend our neighbors a helping hand. We will extend them two helping hands and help ourselves to our neighbors. I, I love that. And again, that was something that Hitler had essentially said in a way talking about their, you know, why they were going to take over, you know, Poland and Czechoslovakia. He'd actually said things like that. So that's hilarious to me with an honorable mention for on the Matt, the Maddie Herring note, it says there's a sale on poison at the cutthroat drugstore, which is just so on the nose and hilarious. I love that. Uh, so those are kind of the standout quotes for me, but uh, Brad, what kind of jumps out to, at you as far as uh, favorite quote? I don't know, Andy, there's so many, I can't <laughs> pick one. Why don't you pick two? No! (laughs) Okay. I think right off the bat, there's a Stooge line. Actually, the Stooges didn't say it, but it was so Stoogey. Right off the bat, I think it was at the beginning. Where is it? I can't remember. Oh, where can we find anyone that stupid? And then it goes to the Stooges and the wallpaper when they're doing that. Where would we find anyone that stupid? I don't know. That must be in a lot of the shorts. But it was just funny, right? right. And then when I saw the wallpapering, yeah, because there's just been a lot of wallpapering stuff going on. I, I found that very funny. As far as, can I have a uniform and a real sword? You can have 100 uniforms. Just go out and shoot 100 generals. I'll shoot 200 generals. And then you yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The machine gun? Yeah. 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 I, I love that. That's a good one. That's a good choice. All right, Andy. Oh boy, I don't know. You're bringing up a bunch I forgot. I'm like, oh, that's good. That's funny. That's funny. Um, oh, man, there's so many good ones. I always liked. I always liked the. Uh, there are no bones in ice cream because there are no bones in ice cream. But I realized because it just felt like such nonsense. But it wasn't really a stooge line. Like no, that was that. a legit. Yeah, yeah. And I didn't realize that that was a real saying. That you know, right? To say I don't know, to have. A, a, a nonsense answer for a question that you couldn't answer, I guess, right? The multiple yeah. ways to use that. So it kind of, even as funny as it is, it just kind of lost something for me a little bit, knowing that that wasn't like a wacky Stooge original. There was, there's one like little throwaway line that I read 
in the script that I was like, oh, this would have been great in the movie. And then I hear it. Curly says it. It's just like, you woke up on the wrong side of the gutter. Yeah. <laughs> right. And and I missed it. I must have seen this short a hundred times and I've never picked up on it. And it's just such a, a little line, right? It's a little small line, but it just, it clues you into who these guys are. And it's a funny line. And it's one I'm going to steal just, when I, <laughs> just yes. when, the next time I run into a grumpy friend. <laughs> this is part of the reason why I love doing this with you guys. Cause you guys are both actors. I know that Andy, you have directed and will direct things. So you guys have a different point of view as we've talked about, you guys are two of the stooges today. So I love like just from an actor you know, standpoint, getting those little things. Cause I don't, you know, I've done some community theater, but I'm, you know, nothing near you guys. So I love hearing that kind of stuff. All right. So our final award for this episode, could this have, or this is really more of a question, but could this have been a full length film? As we know, the Stooges didn't get into full length films until after their shorts deal was up in 1957. And so, you know, we got to see some of those. So we're going to kind of ask the question, could some of their classic shorts been made into a full length featured film? This is one of the ones where I will say yes, because I think it would be fascinating to see the background stories of the Molary and Curly characters and, you know, kind of how, like how they got to be, you know, where they were in that position to begin with. And then of course, like what, I mean, we know what happened to them at the end with the lions, but it would be really, really interesting to see those backstories. And I don't think we can say that about a ton of the classic shorts. So my vote would be, yes, I would love to see this as a full length feature film, but Andy, what are your thoughts there? Yeah, I think for sure. I I've never really been someone who wanted to see, stooge features just because i've enjoyed their shorts so much right but then i look at you know some of the you know like the marx brothers or laurel and hardy or Ivan and costello and i'm like i mean if they could do it stooges easily could have done that and this one is right yeah right this is one is like yeah like you said it's easily i think made into you know and they basically they went and did you never hile again right and they just they kept going with this kind of bit where actually Mo wears the mustache. I think the whole short. Right? I think so, that's right. You know? I think that's right. And you know this could have turned into anything. They could have turned into spies. They could have realized that they were puppets and they're going to bring down the army. They could have stayed, you know, the bad guys. There's so many things that so many ways this short could have gone as a feature. And I think maybe had they done it, <laughs> you know, it's it's not going to have. I think what Chaplin had, right, which is he, you know, he had a lot of sentimental stuff in his movies. And I, I absolutely love that. I don't think the Stooges really would have gone for that in that era anyway, but they didn't, they wouldn't have needed to, I think for sure they could have turned this into something that would be on the level of the great dictator, even without that element to it. Brad thoughts. Yeah, well, I think there again, going back to this short, because it was packed with so much comedy and and throughout the whole short, for me, like I said, there wasn't any dead spots. That just proves that they could add other material and other things to get you more involved with the characters, like you said. I make it start out like when they used to show scenes from World War II or something in black and white, where it was actually showing the war scenes at the beginning, and then it would go maybe into the office or it could have been, they could have added so much to get into more details about, you know, just world war two to begin with before they came in to the office. And then like you guys were saying with each of the characters. And I think that there's some of the other shorts that I don't, I would definitely say they couldn't 
stretch into one, but I think out of a lot of them or all of them, this would definitely be one that you could definitely make a, a full feature film in. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. I think we're all in agreement on that. So we'll get the contracts together and we'll get that. Uh, we'll get Let's the make it hurt. Success. Poison. I'll murder you. Oh, hey, we. Do I look like a termite? Don't answer that. All right. So we are at the end of this. So we got just a little bit of wrap up info. So most script for you nasty spy was included in one of the two published three stooges book of books of scripts that Joan had put together. It's fascinating to see it is. It's really interesting to see how much the final film changed, you know, from the script or how little it changed. So perhaps we will delve into that in a, another episode at another time. So I did want to mention that. Don't forget you to get your stooge merch at shopknuckleheads.com where you can save 10% from our good friend, Kurt. He w- put that code together for us. So it's loyal 10, put in loyal 10 and you will save 10%. Awesome. Spell it, Brad. Loyal 10. Oh, All right. All right. And then, of course, you can see my awesome two co-hosts here, Brad and Andy, regularly on Thursday evenings. As long as YouTube is working, you can see them on Stooge Live and watch them go through a bunch of really cool stuff on there. You get to see just all kinds of mayhem. I think that's really the right word for it. So that that happens. What time does that happen on Thursdays on YouTube? And it's, it's, not <laughs> time. it's usually when Brad gets out of work. Hey, we're usually going on around six, between six, six and seven, seven if there's any technical difficulty. <laughs> oh, difficulty. Yes. But it's always fun. Even if they are having technical difficulties, you can interact with everybody and chat with everybody that's tuned in and waiting on them. So it's always fun. So make sure that you check that out. You can yeah, also. Uh, just so that's Curly's grandson on YouTube. Yes, Curly's grandson on YouTube was just going to mention that YouTube and they have Instagram. Great, they have the greatest fans in the world and everyone that tunes in, they're so engaging and they're so nice and sincere. So we'd love to have everybody join us. Absolutely. So at Curly's grandson on YouTube and Instagram, and you can check out the group on Facebook, Curly's grandson's corner. You can check that out as, as well. I am also on Instagram and Facebook. You can look up at Stooges pod at Stooges pod. And then also Stooges pod.com. That is the home of this podcast. You can sign up for our newsletter there and we will have a lot more cool stuff coming your way. But with that gentleman, I always call you gentlemen. I know. And it's like, who came in? But I appreciate being able to do this with you guys. This was a lot of fun. Viewers and listeners, I hope that you guys had a good time as well. But until next time, something about the Stooges. (laughs) Stooges.